All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Let's Get It. Chase Martos, Justin Helms here with you. It's been two weeks, I guess, since we last recorded. Apologizing, apologize for not having a show last week. I got the COVID, so um, held me out, held me out for a week or so, but I'm good now. I'm good now. Coming up on Let's Get It, we are going to do a little bit of what did we learn this week, bring back that segment. For those of you who don't know, what, what did we learn this week? It's we go anywhere in sports, what did we learn that are in that specific week that happened in all sports. And then some big news coming out, speculation, if you will, are Brady and Gronk retiring. Interesting comments from Tom Brady. He's been very noncommittal um, with his... Uh, whether he's going to retire or whether he's going to play the oh, also yeah. going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, where we think he's going to go. We think he's as good as gone in green Bay. And then at the end, uh, some interesting topics, uh, an interesting topic that's come up this year is the NFL overtime rule. And of course it, it came up with that classic of a game with the chiefs and uh, the uh, chiefs and bills that classic last Sunday, I, the big topic has been everybody hates overtime rules. And I'm going to tell you why I think they're fine and nothing really needs to change about it. And then, of course, at the end of the show, we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire, some big news coming out of New Orleans and then um, big news in the transfer portal as well in college football. But before we do all that, we just want to remind you guys that you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at LGI underscore podcast. You can find our podcasts on YouTube. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your streaming services from. All right, Justin, let's go ahead and get into it. What do we learn this week? Well, first of all, first of all, I want to mention breaking news: Ben Roethlisberger just officially retired. We already knew he was leaving. Whatever, whatever. But he is officially gone. That will be important for our later segment with Aaron Rodgers. But what did I learn this week? Is I. I learned that I owed Joe Burrow an apology. And it's funny. It's like whenever these players are in college, him, Cam Newton, some of the other players that have played for Auburn LSU, it's like, I hate these guys. I cannot stand them. I'm like, they just make me so mad because I'm like, they get hyped up for no reason, all this and this, blah, blah, blah. And then they go to the NFL and they start playing great. And it's like it's fun, exciting to watch them. And then you end up liking them. Like, I like watching Joe Burrow now. And I have to give an apology because coming out of college, I was just like, one-year wonder. He had Joe Brady. When he doesn't have Joe Brady, we're going to see what he's really like. Like, we saw him the year before Joe Brady. We saw him at Ohio State, all this other stuff. And I just could not fathom in my head the idea that he would ever be better than Tua. Like, I, I could not agree with that. The only time I saw him be better in tu than Tua on the field, in person, was the Alabama LSU game. And that was, and I really accredited a lot of that was to the fact that LSU just had a, a better team overall than Alabama did that season. I would to have played great, but and Joe Burrow played great too. But I just I couldn't fathom that idea because Tua played for three years and did well and Joe Burrow played for one. So I have to give my hats off credit to Joe Burrow getting it done. No O-line goes out there. I think it was like almost 350 yards. I don't think he through a touchdown but it was a mostly defensive game so congrats and I have to give my credit and, and apologize I'm sorry to Joe Shiesty Joe Burr Joe Burr and I think one of the other co-hosts called this 
that one of the that Joe Burrow was going to have a great career and that Tua was not to say the least he hasn't had a terrible career yet but he really a co-host did call that okay takes a true man to admit he was wrong and you are that true man so thank you very (laughs) much I learned this week that we are going to have for years to come AFC matchup for the championship of top two teams Bills and um, Chiefs I mean that was just an amazing game I didn't watch it live because I was really, really heartbroken over the Bucks Rams game, <laughs> getting my hopes up. I feel like my heart was ripped out of my chest, sewn back in and ripped out again. That was just, any, anyway, I, but Chiefs Bills, those two teams are going to be the two best teams in the AFC for years to come. They're going to be that matchup either in the divisional round or in the AFC championship every single year for the next four to five years. Maybe the Bengals get in there every couple of years, maybe uh, Tennessee. No, I don't think Tennessee gets in there very much, but <laughs> you're a hater. They're defense and run game. You got to have a quarterback that can throw the ball. And Ryan Tannehill is not that nothing more than a game manager, but yeah, I, I think that, That's going to be the game for – those are going to be the two teams for years to come that are going to be playing in the Super Bowl, that are going to be playing for the right to go to the Super Bowl. I agree. Josh Allen has progressed greatly from his first – Josh Allen is a top three quarterback. Easily. Maybe even top two. Yeah, like – I put him over Aaron Rodgers right now. Right now – That could be recency bias. I'll agree with you right now – based off the fact that Aaron Rodgers is old. If Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen were the same age, it would be a little bit more of a question. But, yeah, I, I do agree with you right now. Josh Allen is a top, I would say, three quarterbacks, really. Really top two, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not thinking about – can't really think of who else I would want over him right now. But, yeah, he's top two quarterbacks, and it's just crazy to see where he was, like, in his first two seasons with the Bills when everyone was like, eh, like, this guy's eh, – like, he might be straight. And, like, where he is now, like, that's insane. So he, He's yeah. an easy guy to pull for, too. I mean, he's just – seems like a good guy. Seems like he's dude. with the fan. Yeah. yeah. And so um, he – I always say in a quarterback, if there's one – I want a quarterback who can lead me on a two minute drive at the end of the game guy that I can trust. And those two guys are the two best in my opinion that can do it, that have done it. And that's going to be the match. It's a shame that 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 won't, that both of those teams play in the AFC. So they'll kind of be a victim of each other's greatness, but you, you look at those two teams and how could you not think that the way that they are built, the offense, the defense, both have top kickers, mm-hmm. just all around best two teams uh, in the NFL, if you ask me. But let's go ahead and go from the best teams in the NFL to the best player that's ever played the game in the NFL in Tom Brady. He's had some very questionable comments um, over the past week. So the past week, he's had some speculation. There's been speculation that he might retire. And at first, I was laughing it off because I really – I was like, where are people getting this from? There's no way that he's going to retire. He wants to make it to 45. 
Uh, he's having an MVP type season this year. I don't think he's going to win it. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to win it, but he's having MVP like season this year, over 40 touchdowns, over 5,000 yards, just 11 interceptions. There's no way he's going to retire. And especially after losing to the Rams, the way that he did, there's no way that he's going to retire. But the comments that he, he, first of all, he, he hasn't just come out and said, no, I'm playing next year. He does have one more year on his contract in Tampa, but he hasn't just come out and said, I'm not playing or I'm playing this next year. No speculation of retirement, but he's just downplayed it for the past week or so since being asked. And Bruce Arian said he would be shocked if he didn't come back. Um, but he, at the end of the day, they're preparing for him not coming back, I think. And I think that the odds are against him coming back, to tell you the truth. And that, that's what I was about to say. You know, whenever a player gets injured, the injury report has different words that they use as saying. There's questionable, probable, doubtful, all this other stuff. Questionable is usually like, okay, this guy's most likely going to be like in the case of an injured player, he's he might play, he might not, but like we're leaning on the side that he will play. Probable means like he's most likely going to play. It's probably like an 80% chance he plays unless something crazy happens. Now, when you say doubtful, that means that player, like there is a small chance of him playing. I think that Tom Brady has moved from questionable to probable. He was questioning whether or not he was going to retire. He thought about it and everything like that. But the last few statements that he's come out with, he's probable. Like, listen to this. You think you're going to live forever. We're not. We think we're going to play forever. We're not. Listen. It pains Michelle to see me get hit out there. And she deserves what she needs from me as a husband. And my kids deserve what they need from me as a dad. We have never heard Tom Brady talk Oh, like no, that. no. That's, that's the concern. <laughs> we have never heard Tom Brady talk like that every time you ask him it's I'm playing till 50 I can keep playing I'm not slowing down does it look like I'm slowing down I'm playing great like it doesn't matter like like literally he just blows it off doesn't even get close to talking about it any other time and now he's talking about it pains it pains Giselle which I mean it under I understand like it's your that's your family but you didn't say that when you turned 40 so like like so it's just it's now it it's, at least seems probable to me. Like and he hasn't hit doubtful yet, but the Tampa Bay Times took some quotes from him from his podcast on Monday, the Let's Go podcast. And the more that I read, the more sick to my stomach that I got. So I'll start off with him quoting Kobe Bryant. You already did that, so I'll go ahead and move on. As I've gotten older, I think the best part of is football is extremely important in my life and it means a lot to me. And the biggest difference now is now that I'm older, I have kids now too, and I care about them a lot as well. There have been the biggest supporters. My wife is my biggest supporter. And like you said, it pains her to see me get hit out there and she deserves what she needs from me as a husband. My kids deserve what they need as a dad. So his son, his oldest son who he had with, Another woman is about 14 or 15. I don't think he gets to see him very often. He has another son who's 12 or 13, I think. And he has a daughter who's nine or 10, I think. And so 
I think he's starting to think about they're getting into the age now where they're really recognizing who their dad is and mm-hmm. what he does for a living. And I think he's missed a lot of the first parts of their lives and he's kind of realizing that. And so I think that's, that's where I was like, Oh my God, he really is thinking about retiring. And then it gets worse playing football. I get joy from, I love it, but not playing football. There's a lot of joy for me also now with my kids getting older and seeing them develop and grow. Oh God. So all these need to be considered and they will be. The funny part is the most guys retire and then move to Florida. I'm already in Florida. So it's really confusing even to me. Oh, God, no, why would you that, say that? Yeah. <laughs> that, that to me went from like, okay, he's 50 50 on retiring to, oh my God, he's like 30. That went up like 85 15. 85 15, he oh. retires. Brady, who technically has a year remaining on his contract, uh, said he's in no rush to make the decision. I wish you would just hurry up and make the decision because I am just and every year I have to make sure the ability to commit to what the team really needs. And that's really important to me. The team doesn't deserve anything less than my best. And if I feel like I'm not committed to that, I can't play at a championship level. Then you've got to give someone else a chance to play. And, And that's what I was about. I'll say this, Tom Brady, I think, first of all, I think he needs a month or two after to like really think about this because think about the last month a b tripped out lost mike evans for a little bit he came back you lost leonard Fournette for a little bit he ended up coming back but you can't you don't really know how healthy these guys were in that rams game yeah and then chris godwin's out a b's we already said he's gone gronk has been up and down the team just didn't – there was a lot that went on in that last month leading up to that playoff game. So I think that that combined with the fact that they lost the way they did, that if Tom Brady didn't do Tom Brady things, it would have never been that close. They would have absolutely got blown out. So I, I think that all of that combines into the fact that he's thinking like, dang, I'm not playing as well anymore. Like the team deserves my best. Tom Brady led the league in in yards and touchdowns this season and is being considered for his whatever number MVP. Like, you're out of your minds talking about, I don't know if I can play at my full level. Like, you just had a lot of things go on at the end of that season. You had a game that you ended on that wasn't that great. Give it one more season or give it at least until the draft and pass free agency to see what exactly the Bucks do if they look like they're trying to move on and get another quarterback and then make your decision. Because with one year left on your contract, I think when Tom Brady left the Patriots, he played out his contract in full. He wasn't traded or anything. No. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him play out his contract in full once again. He only has one year left. That is literally one season. And you I played 20 what to now? Like one season I don't think is going to – make or break your legacy or or hurt your wife and your kids feeling so so bad because like you said his kids are growing up and they're learning who their dad is they probably want to see him play like they they want to see him play as much as they can because like you and me who are now 20 we've watched him play all our life up until maybe around 
two, three years ago, I doubt his kids were like really paying attention to the fact that their dad was playing like football. Like, so it's like, I, I think all that combines to the fact that he just, I think he needs to play one more season or he'll in, I think he will play one more season. And I think he just needs a couple of months or whatever to think about this, reevaluate and then come back. And if he is done at the end of next season, which his contract is over, he can ride out like that. I want to re I want to reread that last part. I want to reread the part about um, how he is not going to do that to his teammates if um, if he doesn't feel like his heart is completely in it. Uh, let me see. I'm... Every year, I want to have the ability to commit to what team the team really needs, and that's really important to me. The team doesn't deserve anything less than my best, and if I feel like I'm not committed to that or I can't play at a championship level, then you got to give someone else a shot to play. We never know what's going to happen in the future. We really don't. So I, another reason why it's concerning to me is he's 45. He's got one more year on his – or he's going to be 45. Got one more year on his contract. Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, is about to be hired by the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe, as their next head coach. At 45 with one more year, do you really think – now – do you really think he he wants to go under a new offensive coordinator? Now, Bruce Arians has already come out and said if Bruce if uh, Byron Leftwich leaves, then he's going to call the plays. And apparently, Byron Leftwich was already calling Bruce Arians plays in that say, situation. Yeah, so, you know, it all depends on the hire. If you're going to promote from within, then I would say there's a little bit more of a shot. But you got to get that hire right. If you're going for one more run with Tom Brady as the quarterback, you got to get that higher right. You got to promote from within, in my opinion, whether that's Clyde Christensen, the offensive or the quarterback coach, whether that's um, the uh, offensive line coach, Harold Goodwin, you got to get that higher right. I mean, if you're saying within house, Bruce Arians is within house and it's his playbook, right? You can promote someone to be in that spot as a, like a, a sort of like place filler of like, this guy's here, but it would be like a Packers situation. I feel like, like they have an offensive coordinator, but Matt LaFleur calls pace. Right. Like, so I think it could be that type of situation, but I don't know if that would keep Tom Brady there. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's enough. But here's, so you're saying that you think he's going to play. You think he's going to play out that one more year in his contract. I think I think he will. Byron Leftwich leaving would be another hit to the possibility of him leaving. But I do think he will play out that contract just for the fact that he made an obligation and it's one more year. It's literally one season. He's been there for how many years? Like, like I feel like one season is so small compared to everything else he's done. Like, I want to read you another quote and then I want to see if you're what, give me a percent chance that you think he comes back. Percent chance he comes back. Right now I'm going 65. 65% he comes back. Let me read you this quote. 70. Let me read you these final two quotes and see if they go down. 
On this is when he was asked if he'd be interested in having a series of farewell tour tributes in his final season. I think that would be distracting for me. My enjoyment comes from not recognition of any kind of what I've accomplished as a player in the league. My enjoyment comes from the completion. Does the it go to the Super Bowl? Like a, a, exactly. Yeah. So he's not wanting the farewell tour. I mean, and, and does that and, go and, down at all for you? I'm not, I guess I wasn't really thinking about that. When I say he comes back for a year, I mean, he comes back for a year to compete for a Super Bowl and play at a Tom Brady level. I don't, th- yeah, like, like he said, I never thought he cared about a tour. And I am, and me personally, as a fan, I don't care about farewell tours. Like they're awkward. Like there's no point in us yeah. doing all this, like leave and we can give you your tribute video. Like the, you're just taking dead space on a roster. You're taking up cap space. Like, for you to go around the league and say goodbye to every stadium. Like we don't care. So I think, <laughs> yeah, like that, that means nothing to me, but I think that that also could play a role in it. But I mean, if he tells fans and the organization that I don't want this to be a farewell tour, I don't want this to be about me. Of course, there's going to be some stadiums that do their thing, whatever, make a tribute video just cause it's Tom Brady and they know it's his last year. They're going to do it regardless. Like how they did with Peyton Manning a little bit, but I do think if he tells his team that I don't want to go out with a tribute video of like, this is a farewell tour. I don't think the bucks will do it. Like maybe on the very last game, but I don't think they're going to make it about no, them for a whole. It's season. all about, they're going to do what's best, what he wants and they're going to to exactly. account, uh, do a company. They're going. They're going to do what he wants to do. Okay. Yeah, they're going to. And, and, and they're going to do whatever is convenient for him. They're going to give it. You know, whether they re-sign Chris Godwin, whether they bring in a free agent, they're going to go all in for this. But I want to. I want to read one more quote. You know what Tom Brady has always said when when they ask him what his favorite Super Bowl is? The mm. next one. Oh, yeah. My favorite Super Bowl is the next. My favorite ring is the next ring. But he was asked on whether he could exit his career proud and satisfied after an excru- excruciating loss like last Sunday's. I would say I'm proud and satisfied of everything we accomplished this year. I know that when I've given it, I know I've given it my all. That's something to be proud of. And I literally given everything I had this year, last year, the year before that, last year and the year before that, I don't leave anything half-ass. I think I leave it with everything I have. Am I overthinking this? I think partly because you're a Bucks fan, but at the same time, I, I like, it does sound like he's leaning towards that and that's why i said right now it's probable what i think will happen is a couple months goes by and nothing we don't hear anything and he just plays his season and then he goes out or he announces that yes this next season is going to be my last but i don't want it to be a whole big drama deal but i i I don't blame you as a bucks fan reading stuff like that it looks like he's leaving. And that's why I said he's moved from questionable to probable. I still think it's about a 65% chance that he comes back, but it is a probable that he leaves. It's no longer just like, oh, he's old. Like he could retire at any time. It's more like 
he's talking about retiring. Like, like he's saying, like, things. this is the last year, regardless. Yeah. Is that so, what you're I mean, he's yeah. got the one more and year like, on his contract. If, and then, if, even if he doesn't play this season, even if he plays this season or whatever, I mean, even if he retires after this season, the rest of his legacy ending on that one game, I don't, I don't think he cares. Like, like, like it ended the way it did. And you heard how satisfied he sound. He said that, okay, like this, like we've, we played this way. We've done all the, everything we can, like ending on a bad game. I don't think that means anything. Finishing out his contract and his commitment to the team. I think that means something to him. But don't you think that what his family thinks means a little bit more because if his wife is, he's talked about how his wife is very just cringes every time she sees him get hit. I'm sure you his have wife... to think that if, I mean, his, his kids tell him, you know, we want you, we want you, you know, I don't know how much he's missing with recitals Man, and, and games. Them kids do not care. Them you, kids want to see their, like them to go to school and get to tell their friends that their dad is Tom Brady and that they they're still going to be Sunday able to do night. that though. Like they're still they, going to be able to go to school yeah, and, and say, still Hey, my, that, my dad but, is Tom Brady. My dad is the greatest athlete to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I like for his wife. Sure. I bet she cares. Like I, like, I have no doubt that she cares. Like my husband's out there getting hit. He's 45 years old. Like <laughs> he should not be, or wait, 44 right now, actually. I'm 44 now. It will be yeah. 45. I think. Yeah. 44 about to be 45. Like he shouldn't be getting hit by these 20 and 30 year old dudes. Like <laughs> straight up. But them kids, like, of course, they want their dad to be healthy and well, and they probably like him when he's at home and everything like that. But I have no doubt in their mind, if in my mind, that if he sat all three of his kids down and said, do y'all like, will it hurt y'all if I play another season? Like, like, do y'all want me to play another season or not? Either one, they're going to say they don't care or they're going to say yes, because they'd like probably seeing their father out there on the field. Like that is a cool thing to, to watch. Like my dad is out there playing football. So like, I don't think his care, his kids care or not, whether he plays another season or not at this point, their whole lives has been him playing in football in, in seasons. Like he's, he's, they've seen that, but his wife, I can understand like maybe she, tripping out about it and everything like that but overall I just feel like Tom Brady being the player he has been even how he ended out with the Patriots which did not end well he played through his contract he had a commitment he went fully through his commitment and he even said it in here I've been committed to this place and if I feel like I can't do my best whatever whatever I feel like the only reason he feels like he can't do his best is because it ended the way it did but other than that he's still playing at an elite level and he does have one year left on his contract. I just, he's just been like last year, last year he was asked, is this, I mean, he's been asked since he was like 40, if this is it. And he's always been, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. This is the first time where he's actually thinking about it. And I think it's, if he, if, if he didn't have the family, he would say, for sure, I'm playing. He'd probably want to play until he's, I mean, hell, 2040. <laughs> but his family's going to have more of a say in this, I think. 
And I think if he retires, it's not necessarily going to be about whether or not he can go because he's he's shown that he can go. Yeah. And and he he's not going to. If it were him, he I feel like he would want to just be dragged off the field, and that's his retirement. But <laughs> it's the fact that there are more factors, and like he said, his family is playing more of a factor in this decision this year. I don't know. I just. It, I, I am a natural pessimist. I don't know if it's just living in the state of Georgia and we've had our share of heartbreak, even though this year the Braves won the World Series and Georgia won the national championship, in case anybody forgot. But I've just been a, a, a pessimist, sort of cynical. I, I, I just, right now, I am leaning more towards he's retiring. And I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it, 65% chance he retires because I mean, you add in um, the fact I gave it 65. He plays. He yeah. 65, he retires. And, and it's because, you know, it's, it's more than just him wanting to play. And he mentioned if his heart's not, I mean, if it's hard, basically if his heart's not totally in it, then he's not going to play because it's not fair to his teammates. I think if he gives it one more go, he'll go all in for it just for yeah. this one last year. But right now, I mean, he's this is real. He is really debating retiring, I think. He is. <laughs> it's crazy. And he's it's like, this- for, I mean, it's real. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I mean, it's, it's I mean, to kind of move towards Gronk, I guess, it's a changing league. Like, a lot of people are leaving. We just announced literally this morning, right before we started our show, Ben Roethlisberger announces he leaves. Last week, uh, this is going to be something we mentioned on our rapid fire or whatever. Last week, Sean Payton, up and gone. <laughs> like, Drew Brees last Drew Brees, week. yeah. Aaron Rodgers is considering leaving the Packers and – if they can't find a suitor, I wouldn't be surprised that he just says, I'm done. Yeah. Like, so yeah, it's, it's a changing league. Like things are different. I mean, there are a lot of factors too. I mean, you have to look at the Bucks salary situation. You know, they're not going to bring back all 22 starters like they did last year. I mean, he could lose Ryan Jensen. He could lose Chris Godwin. Alex Kappa could be gone. I think Byron Leftwich is probably going to be the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, even though nothing is completely set in stone. If you have that one more year, if you go that one more year, are you really like, do you really want to not have all your weapons there? Do you really want to? And I think, I think Gronk is going to make the announcement. I want to say Gronk makes the announcement right after Brady does. You think? Oh yeah. Because he said he said he said on his TMZ interview, if I had to make the decision right now on the spot, I'm retiring. And I think that's because one, he had he was hurt this year, but two, Brady hasn't made his decision. He said it'll be about three to five weeks, probably be the longest three to five weeks of my life. But you know, it's probably after the Super Bowl, they're gonna have to make their decision by March when free agency starts because 
they got to know what they're doing. In they gotta know, the Bucks, Bucks have to move on. To, the Bucks yeah. need to know because they're going to need to know, do I move on? It's going to make it, it's going to make a huge impact on whether they re-sign guys like Chris Godwin and Ryan Jensen and, and Alex OJ Kappa, OJ Howard. Um, so, I mean, it, it makes that much of a difference. Uh, do they need to go out and get a free agent quarterback? Are they really okay with Kyle Trask being the starter? Are they really sure about that? Are they really sure they want to do that? <laughs> They're going to have to know whether or not. I love how you asked that three times. <laughs> you said, are you sure? One, pl- you sure? one player, one player, I said, don't draft, please. You can draft any player in the draft in 2021. Oh. Whatever you do, do not draft Kyle Trask. And they draft him in the second round. <laughs> yes, sir. No delay. So, like, and 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 I think that also plays a role into it. How much are they preparing Kyle Trask for a role post Brady right now? Like, how much have they actually like said, like, hey, like we don't know, like Trask, like start getting ready. Yeah. But yeah, like like you said, I think all these decisions are gonna have to become have to come before like at the beginning of March. Cause I think that's when free agency first yeah. opens up like near March. Yeah. So like at the beginning of March, I think we will all know whether or not Brady or Brady and Gronk are staying. Like you said, I think Gronk has a way higher chance of leaving. Like it's I'm thinking Gronk's Plus his contract is up. So he's going to be on another one year exactly. deal. If he comes back. Exactly. I mean, and the bucks have like, a lot of free agent signings to think about. Is it and Chris- at this point, it might be like a vet minimum that Gronk gets. And that's just to play with Brady again. Like, yeah. he's not taking that if Brady's gone. So, I think that he has a way – his chance of leaving is like 85. And I think it's mostly because he's, he's, he's tried out retirement. And he had a great time. We saw him on everything for like a year straight. And now we see him just on the football field. And I think he likes better seeing right now at this point in his life. I think he likes being – at the desk with the the um the fox crew or on all the shows and things he does like he he makes a lot of money from that and on top of that he looks like he's having fun and he said it himself that he loved it so let me ask you this then does gronk's retirement influence brady no i don't think so i I don't because brady has played a year without him yes you have to consider the fact that that was when they both left new england so it was kind of a, a different situation. Like they didn't even know if they would have the chance to play together. So it was kind of like they're just doing their own thing. But I don't I don't think it affects um nah, yeah. I don't I don't think it affects what what Brady does. I really don't. Cause I think, like you said, the more important things are his family, the one year left on his contract, and if he thinks he can give his all him giving his all is not dependent on Gronk playing. We've seen that. Like we've seen that for the past year now. Like, so I I don't think that that will affect anything like maybe very, very, very minorly, but I I don't think it will. So you're going 65, 35 that he's there or that he goes one more year. I'm leaning more towards retirement because of the comment. The comments are just too concerning for me. And and with Gronk, it's like 85-15. Like he, I think he's done. I think if Brady comes back, then Gronk does one more year too. 
actually, I don't know because the Bucks have a good bit of free agents. I mean, they got a they got not only on the offensive side that I just mentioned. Jordan Whitehead, safety is a free agent. Carlton Davis is a free agent. And Dominican Sue is a free agent. Jason Pierre Paul is a free agent. I mean, I think two. I think two of those four guys are gone. I think two of those four guys are gone. But a lot of those guys took lesser contracts just to play with Brady. I would not be surprised if the Bucks just shell out a bunch of one years that they're like, hey, after Brady's gone, we're restarting. But if y'all want to come back and, and run it back for this year, like if and this is if Brady's committed once again, I think Brady deciding whether he wants to play changes literally how the Bucks approach their whole offseason and free agency. Yeah. Yeah, I think it does, too. I think it does, too. But let's go ahead and move on to Aaron Rodgers. I, Green Bay lost yes. to San Francisco. He's out of excuses. He just mm-hmm. wants out. And he's probably going to lose Devontae Adams this year. His offensive coordinator just announced he's finalizing a deal to go to Denver to be the head coach. We're going we're gonna to just name like a couple of teams that we think that he's going to. I'll start Denver. He wants to – I think Denver is the perfect destination for him because I think that they're set up. I think they're set up with um, got receivers like um, Jerry Judy, Sutton. Yeah. Sutton and then the defense – yeah, um, Fanta tight end. Like you're set up there. You got weapons there. And then, of course, at the other side of the – I mean, they're built they're, – they're, to me, a quarterback away. They're a quarterback away from competing in that AFC, from being in the playoffs. I don't think – The only reason I say that's tough is because they're in the AFC West with the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Raiders, who didn't even do all that bad this year, still made playoffs. All – Two out of those three teams made playoffs and Chargers were literally like barely away. They were a not, they were a don't call a timeout away from going to the playoffs because of a tie. I think that Denver is the perfect destination for him. I think that that's the place that he most likely goes. I think that, I mean, the off, I don't know how much of a relationship they have, but I mean, they, that has to be number one on his priority list. I think, you know, um, John Elway loves a quarterback with a big arm. Aaron Rodgers has one of the biggest arms in NFL history. I think that John Elway tries his best to pull off that trade and go all, go all in on Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't be surprised. John Elway is, he played quarterback, so he knows what it takes, and he and he played winning play at quarterback. He won Super Bowls, so he knows what it takes to be a quarterback that can win, and he knows that Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater aren't the guys. <laughs> they they just they aren't. And yes, they have a solid weapons. They have solid weapons. They have Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon at running back. Like you said, Judy Sutton, Tim Patrick, Fant at receiver. O-line isn't amazing. It could get better, but it's not terrible by any means. 
And then on the other side of the ball, they just lost Von Miller, which is probably their biggest loss. But on the defensive backs, like they're they're solid. They just got Patrick Sertain in the offseason in, in the in the draft who played pretty solid for his first season, will improve as time goes on. In the rest of their DBs, Justin, Justin Simmons, Justin Simons. I want to make sure I'm saying that right. But and then the rest of their DBs have all played great throughout the whole season. That was probably one of the better DBs db rooms amongst the nfl this year where they're hurting d-line i would say they don't have much of a pass rush bradley chubb was hurt a lot this season and then von miller left so but other than that it's nothing different from what aaron Rodgers has done before aaron Rodgers has taking teams worse than the team that the broncos is right now to nfc championships like and we've both seen it so I, I wouldn't be surprised that he goes there. Like you said, Hackett leaving, I think that does affect, even though I did say like Hackett will most likely run LaFleur's playbook at Green at on the Broncos, but LaFleur is the one who calls the plays. Like I think we all know that. And and of and of course Aaron Aaron calls a lot of the plays now that he complained and everything. But um <laughs> so yeah. I think that I think that. Yeah, the Broncos is a good destination, but my first destination that I wanted to say is kind of a outlandish one, but I think could work is the 49ers. Like he's he is 0-4. I think everyone heard this. He is 0-4 against the Niners in the playoffs. He has never once beat them. And I guess what I'm saying is if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> that was the team that he wanted to go to at the beginning of his career that he thought would draft him back in 2003 when he was sitting in that room until that last pick of the first round and was pissed off. And they now have Shanahan who has coached with LaFleur. So I'm sure, and we all know Shanahan is a great offensive coordinator because the fact that he is getting it done with Jimmy G is absolutely insane. So <laughs> like he's a great offensive coordinator. I think that LaFleur and Shanahan are close enough that Aaron Rodgers would be comfortable with Shanahan. And then on top of that, I think the most important thing is what would the Packers be getting back for letting a player like Aaron Rodgers go? You can't just let him walk for anything. You can't trade him for a bag of nickels. Like that's not, that's not going to work. I think that the Packers getting back Trey Lance in a trade that they could potentially restart, rebuild with, with a defense that already played great this season, an O-line that has gotten a lot better, and then Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, they need better receivers. We've, we've known that forever. We don't know what the situation with Devontae is, but if that's the only part of your team that you need to rebuild is the receivers and get a new quarterback, you're in a good spot. Like you're not, You don't even have to do a full rebuild. You could trade for Trey Lance, get him right now, keep him on the team, send Aaron Rodgers to the Niners, let him play with Shanahan for what, two, three more seasons. Like that's not hurting anybody. That's not, that's not, I don't think it's hurting the Packers at that time because they're rebuilding. So, and, and Aaron Rodgers gets what he wants. I, I, I think that sounds like a good trade. People might think it's crazy because they're in the NFC championship and Jimmy G's been good enough. Like, has he been good enough? Like no, we, he's done yeah, exactly. everything he can to lose that. 
Exactly. And we saw what happened to them whenever they, when Shanahan brought them all the way to the Super Bowl before with the great defense in Shanahan's offense. They need something else to push them over the edge. And I think Aaron Rodgers could be that. And right now, Trey Lance isn't getting a ton of time right now anyway behind a guy who hasn't fully just proven that he should be the starter beyond reasonable doubt. Like, so to me, I think you trade for Aaron Rodgers, you get Trey Lance out of there. So it's not an awkward situation or you keep Trey Lance there. You send Jimmy G over there. You have a quarterback that you can go to once um, Aaron Rodgers decides that he's, he's done playing football. Either way, you have two quarterbacks on your roster that I think Green Bay would take and build with that you could get Aaron Rodgers for right now. So his contract expires in 2024. I believe the – I don't know what – the salary cap for the Packers is the second worst in the NFL this year. So they're going to have to make some sort of change this year. And um, it's going to have, they're going to have to make some sort of changes. I think they lose Devontae Adams. I really do. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been unhappy for a really long time. He's been unhappy about not having weapons. He's been unhappy about the Packers as an organization not giving him enough of a priority. Um, I think that I think that Devontae Adams probably leaving, in my opinion, is going to be the biggest influence on him being traded. And I think that that's going to – I don't know – his contract runs out in 2024, I believe. So I think the Broncos are really the only destination that I can really see. Maybe Cleveland. Could Cleveland trade Baker Mayfield in that situation? Could could he go there? And That's that was the other the other um one of the other teams I was thinking of. The two biggest teams, of course, that I was thinking of were um Broncos and then 49ers but then when you go outside of that some of the teams that I think he could also go and fit on and and one thing that I'm trying to keep in common is one most importantly the Packers are getting something back I have there is no way they're letting Aaron Rodgers go for anything like I already said that but they're not like they're not going to do that like <laughs> it's just not going to happen like you've seen how highly they've held Aaron Rodgers for so long when literally the rest of their team is trash, they've just been like, we're banking on Aaron. Like they're not going to let him go for nothing. But the thing that I, I think the Steelers and the Browns have in common, they have something, they have value pe valuable pieces that the Packers might want in a trade. I think that you trade with the Steelers. Of course, Ben Roethlisberger announced he's retiring. Aaron Rodgers would be able to go in, the only thing they would really need is a better offensive line. We saw how that offensive line was this year. On defense, the Steelers are solid. Maybe need a better middle linebacker, but everywhere else they're doing pretty good and, and they can get by on the defense that they have. Maybe a better middle linebacker, maybe a corner, but that's really it. Receivers, great. Tight end, great. Pat Fireman played well this season. Running back, you got Najee. Aaron Rodgers is a plug and play. You just need a little bit better O-line. And then on top of that, I feel like the Steelers have enough receivers that they could send one to the Packers and the 
Packers would be like, okay, we'll take that and maybe a couple picks and y'all can have Aaron Rodgers. Well, I'm not talking about Juju. I'm okay. not talking about Juju. Okay. No. I was Juju say. is about to be a free agent. He's going to go wherever. I, I don't know. If you trade, I think Juju stays with the Steelers. But I'm saying if they trade Aaron Rodgers over there, I'm saying they take Claypool or they take Deontay Johnson. I really doubt they trade Deontay Johnson. I think it would be Claypool. They trade Claypool over there. They get Aaron Rodgers. Steelers get Aaron Rodgers. Packers get Claypool. And then they can draft a receiver. See if Jordan Love can turn out to be what they need him to be. But and then with Cleveland, um, the only problem with Cleveland is I don't know how good of pieces that they have that the Packers yeah, would want, true. but it would still be a plug and play situation. Once again, O-line isn't amazing, but that's something you can fix in free agency and the draft. Defense, solid on defense. We all know what Cleveland can do on defense. Pass rushers, Jadavion Clowney, Miles Garrett. Linebackers are pretty solid. They had um, a couple um, kind of step up this season. I'm forgetting the one dude's name. It's His initials are KO something. Like, it's a long, hard name to say. But um, DB's pretty great right now greedy williams grant delpit all these other guys denzel ward like you're yep. doing pretty good so cleveland baker mayfield cost them a lot of games exactly exactly that, and then at receiver, they have the best amazing, and kevin stefanski and kevin stefanski cost them some games this year because he refuses to run the football with the best running game in the nfl and nick chubb and kareem hunt and that is another thing that i think could be an issue with aaron Rodgers at Cleveland is like the personality issues of like, is Devin, if Ke, is Kevin Stefanski going to let Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers and, and call his own plays and, and kind of take more control and stuff like that. But other than that, I think it would still be a plug and play situation. You might need a little bit better receivers for Aaron Rodgers to want to do that and willing to let up some of that control. But the fact that you're getting Aaron Rodgers, I think that is 100% worth it. So I, I think that would be a good situation. And surprisingly enough, I think that him and Mike Tomlin on the Steelers would get along. Like, I feel like Mike well, that's Tomlin. That's the would ultimate players leeway. coach right there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like he would give him the leeway of like, hey, like, we know what you can do. You go do you. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I still think. Number that- one is still Niners, though. I think I, Niners. I, just, I think number one is Denver. I really think that. I think that would be such a great hire. But in and then the crazy what if scenario we talked about before the show. What if Tom retires and Bruce Arians pulls off absolute witchcraft and somehow gets Aaron Rodgers to come there to to the Bucks? My brain would explode. Mine, <laughs> no, mine I, would. T- I don't think it's going to happen. Um, Jason, no, Jason, like. And John Spytek, who's basically Jason Likes' right-hand man, know how to manipulate the salary cap like nobody I've ever seen. But there's no way. I don't think there's any way that happens. It's more of – could you imagine, though? That would be insane. That would be so insane. That would be crazy. I mean, I don't know how I would handle coming up short in the playoffs every year, but – I mean, that would just be insane to have one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL just, you know, replace the best player to ever play. Coming to a better team. 
you'd yeah. come into a better team than what he had with the Packers. So maybe he wouldn't come up short. That's true. That's true. Well, is it? You have the one of the best running backs in the NFL in Aaron Jones. You have the best wide receiver in the NFL in Devontae Adams. You have a great offensive line. The wide receiver a, room a, as a whole is A better. defense that's really, really good. Chris Godwin's going to be a free agent. If they bring Chris Godwin, if they, if they bring Aaron Rodgers, the 0.1% chance that it happens, hypothetically, Chris Godwin would be gone. But – you know, yeah, it could like, still it could still happen. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't know. Far fetched. So we talked a little bit about this Chiefs Bills game, mm-hmm. and everybody is all up in arms about the overtime rules and how it needs to change. How it's ridiculous that one team that basically it's from what I've heard, everybody's like, oh, it's just decided by a coin toss. Because the winner of the coin toss gets the ball first, and if they score a touchdown first, then the game is over. You know what I say to that? I say, make a stop. Defense, make a stop. At worst, make them settle for a field goal, because then you get the ball back still. And don't give up a touchdown on a 13-second drive when you've just taken the lead. Do a little pooch kick instead of a squib kick because squib kicks don't work. Do a little pooch kick to about the five or the 10 yard line, make them run it back, take some time off the clock there. That'll take off five to 10 seconds right there and make them throw it up. Don't kick it to the back of the end zone and then don't give up a however long of a drive it was, force overtime. And then make a stop in overtime. Yeah. And, and I have you one sound more... like one of my friends. And, and another question. When it was 28 to 3 in the Super Bowl for the Falcons and Patriots, and that game goes to overtime, was anybody saying when Tom Brady scored that touch when James White ran it into the end zone for a touchdown and the Falcons never got the ball back? Was anybody saying, Oh, Falcons should have gotten one more? That overtime is ridiculous. No. Why are we saying it now? That's a good point. They're saying it now because the way the difference in how those two games ended, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes were clearly going back and forth and they might've gone, they might be going back and forth till today. If there was no overtime rule to stop it, honestly. So, and then the difference in that Super Bowl. 51 I don't, I don't know just some super bowl that the falcons played in or something yeah. but yeah uh, the difference is the fact that the falcons look like trash in that fourth quarter like we knew there was no chance they were going to go down and drive and score they couldn't do it for literally a whole fourth quarter when they were getting whooped like and and i do understand your point of this this is kind of what my friend was saying is if you give up 75 yards and a touchdown you deserve to lose. <laughs> like, like I, I understand that. I, I understand because as a defense in the NFL, if you giving up 75 yards and a touchdown, like that can make or break a game. And in this case, it did. So I do understand that. But then you look at scenarios. I think that's the difference is that you can't look at the overall thing. You have to look at cases because I know 
people found all those studies of since the rule has been implemented, something, something like it's about 50-50 on the team who wins the coin toss winning the game. Like, it, I think it was like literally like only 3% more than the team who loses the coin toss. So I do see it. But when you look at scenarios, I think it was one team in the playoffs has won the game when they've lost the coin toss in overtime. And that's the difference. And that's why you have to look at scenarios to me. Because when you look at this overall, yes, in the regular season, a lot of times these teams are most likely going to be like, and eh, like they went down and scored, like we lost, we're moving on to next week. Like the playoffs, you're eliminated. The game's done. Like, like your, your season is over. Like you are no longer competing for a Super Bowl. And that is why the scenario is different. I don't know if they should make a different overtime rule when it hits playoff time, but I don't think you can allow for a game to just end that way when you're seeing such a great back and forth and everything that's going on. And also in for the NFL, in terms of revenue and money, wouldn't it make sense for more football to be happening? Isn't that why they added a 17th game with the CBA? Why not allow them to continue to play to see how it plays out and see who really the best team is, not just who won the coin toss? But it's more like it's not just about who won the coin toss. It's about. I mean, it, I'm not trying to. I don't want this to come off as condescending. But it's a team game. Patrick Mahomes was a part of that greatness between the two quarterbacks. And he pulled off an amazing 13 second drive in that game. Defense just make a stop. He won the coin toss. Yes, he won the coin toss. Then he went out and he did the job. The defense for the Bills didn't do the job. And force I, a punt. Force a field. A field goal is all you need to give up. And I I understand that point because yes, there's three phases to a game. There's offense, defense, and special teams. We saw the Packers lose on special teams this week. We've seen. We saw the Titans lose on offense and we saw the Bills lose on the fact that they couldn't get a defense going at the end of the game. But all that comes into play, sure. But on the last possession, last drive, you have to think this is an offensive game. They're going to allow the offense to do what they want before they allow the defense to do what they want. They're not going to call as many flags on that last drive based off the fact that they don't want death threats coming to their house and all this other stuff and, and all the drama, like it's better to let players play. So you're going to see a lot of stuff happen. And on those last drives, it is just an offensive advantage. All you have to go do, first of all, the rules are built for offense. And then all you have to do is go down and, and, and score a touchdown. And when you're Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and all these other guys, and yes, I know play defense, but it's just, to me, it's so case to case. You can look at it in a different in a different scenario and be like, okay, like, like coin toss didn't matter. These guys lost because the other team played defense. But in this scenario, this is where the issue comes. And it's in one of the most important games of the season, which is why I think that the rule, I don't think it should be a drastic change or anything like that, but they need to at least let both teams get their chance on the offensive side. And I think they could do a thing kind of like college football of like, okay, if both of y'all score touchdowns or both of y'all get field goals or now, 
we're going into the next thing. You have less time, you have a shorter field, and you have to go for two or something like that. Like, because that's worked for college football. And of course, I know NFL is a lot more brutal game. So putting them out there for that much longer time can hurt players and stuff like that. But for the, for the, but at the end, yeah. But in the end of the day, for both situations, it's about getting a stop, though. It's still about, it's still about like whether both, if both teams start at the 50 yard line, and they have to go and score a touchdown in a certain amount of time. It's still about getting a stop for the defense. And if the defense doesn't get a stop, the game is still over. I understand that, you know, one team doesn't get a chance, but I don't know. It's just part of the game to me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I 100% understand that viewpoint. Like, I've seen a lot of people taking that stance. Like, I'm telling you, like, <clears throat> one of my best friends from back home, he said the same thing. He was like, if your team gives up 75 yards and a touchdown, like, why do you not deserve to lose? And I'm like, because on the other side, they might have done the same thing. <laughs> and, and that's why it's not fair to me. Like, you have to give both teams a chance. Like, yes, there's three phases to the game. But if this team has a chance to play offense and go and go down and score, in however many plays and get a touchdown just like the other team could have done the same thing if the bills had won that toss like it would have been said either way so I it's think, not it's not it's to me it's not like teams getting slided it's just the fact that it's not fair like you don't know if that coin if that coin literally landed the other way we might see the bills in the afc championship and that's why it's such a drastic change like Bills just got sent home like that. And it's it's too much of a margin of what if for you to just leave that out there to me. Like, I don't know, maybe my situation, if that was the Bucks that are lost in that way, then I would be a little bit more hurt. Yeah, but to it's, me, it's, it's, it's just crazy because if Bills won that just, corn toss, I have no doubt they would have gone down and Gabriel Davis boop, touched down and that game would have been over like he was doing all game. Like, so I think if anything could change because I'm not. I'm not like a huge fan of the college football rule just because both teams start at the 25 and that's an easy three points right there. But to me, I would say the only thing play out it's 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes in overtime. It's not really just about like both teams um, getting the certain amount. I say you play out that, the entire 10 minutes of overtime and if that the entire 10 minutes ends then the game is over because I mean, you, you, you you can t- you can talk about you can talk about oh player safety if the nfl cared about the player's safety they wouldn't have added another regular season game and that's what i'm saying man because like that eight, eight ten minutes like exactly so if you play out that entire 10 minutes and then at the end of the 10 minutes that and then in the regular season, if neither team scores in the entire 10 minutes, then the game is tied. And if the game um, goes into a second overtime in the playoffs, you make it five minutes or something. And if that team, if that said team that gets the ball first takes the entire 10 minutes and then scores a field goal at the end of the game, tough. Get off the field. Get your team off the field. Make a stop. Like I've said five or six times, get a stop. And yeah, I, I just, I think that would be, I think that would be solve a lot of problems, play out the entire 10 minutes. Yeah. I I think that's a great idea. I don't know if they would go with 10 minutes just because of 
Players Association, another 10 minutes of football on top of 17 games and all this other stuff, they might make it like eight or like six or something like that. But regardless, give them a time period, let them play out the rest of that period, and that gives both teams a chance. If one team holds the ball for a whole six minutes at that point, you can't say anything. Your defense is trash. Like you let them hold the ball for six minutes and ran out the clock and y'all lost because of it. So I'm not, I'm not sad about that part, but the fact that score a touchdown game over, no one else gets a chance, like going home, like that just feels wrong. Like as a competitor, as Pat Mahomes, I'm sure he's happy though. He won the game, but like winning like that's kind of lame. Like you didn't even give him a chance. Like he literally never had a chance. So it was just, and and I guess you could say their chance would have been to play defense, but like that's like in this type of league of how it is today, like yeah, like it's just I don't I don't that's not a chance. So I don't know. Maybe we see a change. Probably not. Probably don't. But I don't know. Maybe a few things could change. But you know, I don't know. Okay, before we go, rapid fire. We're go- so rapid fire. We're gonna say. We're going to give four topics here and we're going to say our thoughts on in two sentences or less. Okay, Justin, let's start. Sean Payton's gone. What are your thoughts? Thank God. (laughs) Drew Brees and Sean Payton out the NFC South. We love to see it. Go on with your Jameis Winston. Go on with your Michael Thomas, who doesn't play. I love you, Alvin Kamara. You're a cool player, but the rest of the Saints, I hate you and I'm glad you're gone. Congrats on your retirement. I believe the Saints are about $77 million over the salary cap. Their head coach is gone. They just lost their quarterback last year. It's about to be a rebuild time in New Orleans, and I'm going to love every single minute of it. Yes, sir. I'm loving that. I'm I'm, I'm loving every bit of that. So Hawks on a five-game winning streak. Let's go to the NBA. What are your thoughts on this? Are they getting back to playing Hawks basketball? I I think, well – what is Hawks basketball, quote unquote? I'm not sure what that is. We saw last season where they played very bad under Lloyd Pierce. Then Nate McMillan came in and they played a lot better. And that was because they were playing defense. This season, not been playing a lot of defense. Over the last few games, though, yes. And it seems weird. It's like we get rid of Cam Reddish and we start playing better. And I have to give props to Onyeka and, and DeAndre Hunter and Slink. He drafted well. Onyeka and DeAndre Hunter do their jobs. And when they do their jobs well, we win games along with, of course, Trey. So I have to give uh, my hats off to Travis Slink for letting those guys develop, getting Cam Reddish out of there to maybe free up some space for other guys to get minutes. And it's got us some wins. So the move that he made seemed dumb at the time, but right now it's working. I compared, um, I compared Cam Reddish to Travis, or I'm sorry, Paul George. He hasn't shown that yet. He just got 10 minutes played in the loss for the Knicks last night. I think that. This Hawks team is better when they don't have – it's almost like they have too much depth and getting rid of some of the other guys. Onyeka Okongwu coming back, DeAndre Hunter coming back, gives more defense on the perimeter. I think this is a great move for the Hawks. Clint, Clint Cabela, could he be gone? Question mark. I don't know. I don't know. Onyeka's been playing really good. So And yeah. please don't trade for Ben Simmons. Okay. Caleb Williams possibly going to Wisconsin. What are your thoughts on this? what like why (laughs) like Wisconsin question mark I don't know I guess Russell Wilson did well there so he feels like he can go there and and do well too but when you're playing at Oklahoma and you're about to be in the SEC as long as you're going to keep playing well and the ultimate goal is to get drafted into the NFL I guess it's cool or whatever but but 
I, I mean, you're playing in Oklahoma in the SEC. So think about that. Money think t- about what you're going to be doing at Wisconsin. Are you going to be competing for championships at Wisconsin, or do you have a better chance of competing for championships at Oklahoma or literally anywhere else that you could go and transfer to? And if he goes to USC, he's a slimy dude. Okay, okay. I don't Yeah. Caleb Williams, possibly. Okay. My thoughts, old man, Wisconsin is old man football. Why are you going to Wisconsin? You, it's not your type of football. Get on the ball have money talks. Have fun winning 14 to 10 every week. Burton, <laughs> I, think I think it is. I, I really do think it is. Jermaine Burton transfers to Alabama. Your thoughts? Roll Tide. Um, he's going to, like we said before the show, I think he's going to be filling in in that uh, Jameis Williams spot. Uh, that It fits in perfectly. I'm really hoping that the guys behind him can step up into their roles and get better. All it's going to take is him getting some chemistry with Bryce Young, and I don't I don't blame him. This is a, a future-driven move. Stetson doesn't throw him the ball. My thoughts. Lad McConkey's coming back. Brock Bowers is coming back. Those are the two leading receivers for Georgia. Stetson Bennett coming back. Georgia's going to be fine. I think it's a great move for Jermaine Burton as well. It's a great move for him personally. I think he's going to do great things at Alabama, and he could possibly be a first or second round draft pick in next year's draft. Justin, you got anything else before we go? Nope, nope, nope. I think we hit everything. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here on Let's Get It. Tune back in with us next week. Great show for us here. Let us know, like, and subscribe. We thank you for your um, subscriptions on YouTube. We thank you for your comments. Let us know how we can improve. Let us know how we're doing. This time for Justin, I'm Chase. This has been Let's Get It. Deuce, deuce.